this is the, the conclusion message, the concluding message of our series, Some Assembly Required. As we've said, the, uh, the Bible tells us that the church is the body of Christ. But much like our, our friend Oscar, oftentimes as the church, we have missing parts and we are incomplete and imperfect. We are a work in progress, but we are also the only hope of the world. And so the first week of our series, we did a deep dive into the theology of this and how just as Jesus came as God incarnate, God in the flesh, to bring our salvation, so the church is sent to be Christ in the flesh, Christ Jesus incarnate, Jesus continuing his ministry on earth through us, right? It's not just a fancy metaphor that the body of Christ, but he literally wants to walk around on planet earth today, changing lives and destinies, and he wants to do it through us. We are his feet going. We are his hands extended. Our second week, we talked about, uh, we built on the, the theology of this and talked about how practically we should be the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians uh, 12 verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So we don't wait until we feel unified or we feel like we are the body before we start acting like the body. It's already a reality. You are, this says, the body of Christ. That's a theological reality. You are the body of Christ. And so we behave like we are the body. We make sure that our attitudes and our behaviors align with what we say is true. We are the body of Christ, right? We find, we find where we fit and we do our part to serve one another and serve the city that God has placed us in so that we can be the body of Christ on earth. Today we want to look at this process and and. The process of maturity that God works in us as individuals and collectively as the church as we, as we do what he's called us to do. As he works through us, he also works in us, doesn't he? So today's message is called Growing Forward. We start in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people. Literally in the, in the Greek it says his, to equip the holy ones. That's you, believe it or not. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm holy, believe it or not. Right? To equip his people, the holy ones, for works 
of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So, so we see this so that, right? God has given church leaders in five different forms. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And the job of those leaders, you ready for this? The job of those leaders is not to do ministry. That's what it says here. The job of those leaders, of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, is not to do ministry. At least the primary job is not. God did not call me here to do ministry. He called me here to equip you to do ministry, to do works of service. That's my primary job description, right? So he, he, put, he gave leaders to the church to equip the, the holy ones, to equip God's people so that, there's a so that here, there's something God is doing to his holy ones as he works through his holy ones. There's a so that. There's a purpose and a plan. And in this passage, it tells us three of those things are to build up the body, to reach unity, and to become mature. He wants us to do works of service, all of us, so that those things happen. Right? It's really important. So we're going we're gonna to talk about those three things. First of all, Bodybuilding, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Believe it or not, there was a time, long time ago, in my 20s, when I spent a fair bit of time working out. Um, I actually, after high school, I worked as an, a steel worker for a couple years. So just in my job, I was, I was pretty strong because I was lifting stuff every day. Um, but I also worked out after work. And so um, you know, I was in pretty good shape, um, believe it or not. For a few years now, I've, I've wanted to kind of get back into just exercising and working out, and being in shape more consistently because I know it's good for my, for my overall health. Right? Be, help me. Uh, I got some health stuff I'm dealing with and just want to be in better shape. Um, but taking that first step is the hardest, isn't it? There's a, there's a word in physics, inertia. I don't know if you're familiar with this word, but it's a word from physics that talks about how, how stuck a motionless object is. That it takes an incredible amount of energy to get an object that's not at motion, 
an incredible amount of energy to get it moving, right? Once it's moving, it's easy to, to you know, accelerate the motion or to, to steer the motion. But to, to go from stop to moving is the hardest thing, right? And that's true about working out. It's true about bodybuilding, isn't it? Um, as we... Uh, Uh, going from no exercise to regular workout routine is, is difficult because you have to overcome the inertia of not, of not moving. We're a, we're a sedentary society. We don't, we don't move nearly enough, do we? I, I, should I ask for a show of hands how many experience inertia on a daily basis? Right? <laughs> right? Um, and so, so, and you, you may work out, you know, you may finally get that inertia, overcome that inertia and start doing some exercise and start working out. Um, and you may work out for a, for a couple weeks and, and not notice any difference and just say, well, I don't know if it's worth me getting up earlier in the morning. I don't know if it's worth the pain I'm experiencing, but if you stick with it, if keep, just keep going you will be surprised at the change that you see. And the same is true spiritually. As we work together as a body, as the body, as we work together, doing a project here, doing an event there, helping someone else over there, we may say, well, I don't know if it's really doing anything. I'm not sure it's worth time and sacrifice, but we don't necessarily notice the change that's happening. And if we stick with it, all of a sudden we will find ourselves caring about the people that we're serving with more than we thought we ever would. We may find before we know it that, that our connect group, which was just a meeting we had to go to, all of a sudden starts to feel like family. It starts to really matter to us. Or that person that we've been helping that seems so close to the gospel suddenly asks us a life-changing question because they can't understand why we've been so consistent and faithful in serving them and loving them. And bit by bit, our body becomes stronger as we build one another up as we encourage one another, as we work alongside one another and do our part to, to be a part of what God is doing. Bodybuilding doesn't happen by accident. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes a willingness to serve others. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Don't you want to look like him? Secondly, this, the passage says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Our unity really, really matters to Jesus. He prayed that the church would be one just 
as he and the Father are one, so that the world would know that the Father sent him. That means our unity or lack thereof reflects on Jesus and who he is to the world. Is that hallelujah or yikes? Right? You know, we often say, uh, we often say this here, but, but God doesn't expect you to have the same political opinions as everyone in this room. He doesn't expect you to have the same tastes in food or movies or the same hobbies. He doesn't expect you to be best friends with everyone in this room. None of those things are the things that unite us. We are united because we have the same loyalty and allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom. We are called to work side by side as we advance his mission in our city. The pastor says, first of all, that, that, that we will reach unity in the faith. We need to say the same things about Jesus. We need to say the same things about what he has done for us. We, we may disagree on some lesser points of theology, and that's, that's okay. We may not see all things in the Bible the same, and that's okay. But when it comes to who Jesus is and what he has done for us, we need to get that right. Unity in the faith. Galatians 1, 7 and 8 says, Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them come under God's curse. We need to keep going back to the scriptures and asking the scriptures, what is the gospel? What is the good news? What is this message that we have? It is the good news, folks, of the kingdom of God breaking into the darkness of our world. It is the good news of Jesus who came into the world as the unique son of God. It is the good news of Jesus who bore our sin to the cross. It is the good news of the love and the grace of God released in the world through Christ's death and resurrection so that those who repent and believe should escape the day of wrath that is coming and live as a new kind of people on the earth, sons and daughters of God as they wait for their own resurrection and their glorification when they will be like Jesus for they shall see him as he is. That is the gospel that we hold on to. That is the faith. But it says also unity in the knowledge of the Son. We don't just want to know the gospel or believe a set of statements as if that's what it's all about. It is about a person. It is about Jesus, not just a religion in his name. Amen? The early Christians were not just united because they could quote some creed. 
They were united because they had met the risen Christ. And they had put their trust in Him. They knew Jesus. They didn't just know stuff about Him. They knew Jesus. And that's why their persecutors could not understand why they wouldn't compromise and sacrifice to Caesar. Oh, it's no big deal. Just put some incense. Just, just do a sacrifice to Caesar. But when you've met the Lord of glory and you regularly encounter his presence as you worship together, why would you trade that in for mere religion? We aren't just united, folks, because we have a cause. We are united because we have a king. And thirdly, says that, uh, that as we engage with each other as the body of Christ to do works of service together and to learn and grow together, that we will become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So Paul doesn't just say that we'll become mature, but he defines what that means, what he means by maturity. We would attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Just let those words sink in for a moment. We would become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That means that that we as the body of Christ would actually become truly like Jesus. That we actually begin to walk and talk and sound like what Jesus sounded like when he walked on this earth. Behave the way that he behaved when he walked on the earth. How are we doing so far? I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about the church of Jesus and the world. How are we doing so far? And then how are we doing so far? How am I doing so far? Right? Those are important questions to ask. Am I becoming mature? Walking and talking and sounding and behaving like Jesus. God's goal is that we no longer look like Oscar. Right? We no longer look like an incomplete skeleton that has no life or strength or energy or passion or dreams, but that we become complete and whole. That we walk on this earth as sons and daughters of God. We walk on this earth as People who are imaging Jesus well. And that we do it together. It means we are called and invited and must care about the things that Jesus cared about. 
Jesus cared about pleasing his Father above all things. And then he cared about the people around him. More than he cared about anyone's rules, anyone's ideas about what it meant to be a good person or to be whatever, he cared about pleasing his Father and then loving the people around him. We would care about the things that Jesus cares about, that we would do the things that Jesus did. Everywhere he went, he served. The Son of God, who actually is the only one who's ever walked the earth that deserved to never serve anyone, who deserved to only be served, deserved to only be worshipped and adored, and yet he became a servant. We would do the things that Jesus did. That we would walk in the anointing that Jesus had. As a body, Jesus wants us to walk in the kind of anointing that Jesus had when he walked on the earth. We would continue his work. We would continue his kingdom expanding with the same kind of anointing. I don't know about you, but I, I get disappointed and frustrated sometimes with how far, how far the gap is between where, where we live and how we live and the anointing that Jesus really wants us to carry as a church. And that's not to point fingers at anybody. It's just to say, Let's repent of whatever we need to repent of and throw ourselves at Jesus' feet and draw near to Him and get to know Him better so we can walk in whatever He walked in. There are people all around us who need the kingdom of God to come in their lives, right? need for you and I to be people who walk in kingdom authority. We're called to care about the things Jesus cares about, do the things he did, walk in the anointing he had, and change the world the way that he changed it. Man, our region needs transformation. If anyone's going to see it changed, it will be the church of Jesus waking up and walking in what he's called us to walk in. Amen. Getting some flesh on our bones. <laughs> Growing up, maturing. So that we will see people set, see the sick healed. We will learn 
we will learn how to conquer by love and not by hatred. That we'll sacrifice ourselves for others instead of fighting for our own survival. Those things take maturity. Just because we have white hair, and I include myself in that, does not mean we are mature. I know you can't see my hair, but it's white. And so Paul goes on, we're almost done, but Paul goes on then to say these words. Then we will no longer be infants. If we, if we, if we, if we build the body, we come into unity, and we become mature, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We won't fall for stupid stuff, right? Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every way in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And now we're looping back to the calling we all have to do works of service. To do what God has called us to do and be a part of this amazing body growing and learning and doing together. Right? As each part does its work. So all of this comes from serving together as the body. But how? how? How do we how do we get mature just by serving together? How does how does that even happen? Well, this church thing was Jesus' idea. He knew what he was doing. Even though sometimes it when we look around us, we wonder, right? But he knew what he was doing. And the church. The body of Christ is actually the arena that God puts us in to mature us. The arena He puts us in to grow us as we, as we bounce off each other, as we rub one another the wrong way, as we get under each other's skin. Right? All these metaphors used, but as, as we do this stuff together and we, we bounce off one another, it's actually part of Jesus' intention to work maturity in us. That we would learn to get over ourselves because that's what's supposed to happen when we come to Christ. We die to ourselves. We, we learn to get over ourselves 
and realize this is about more than just me. Right? The body is the arena that God puts us in to learn not to be so selfish, so petty, so easily offended, and fearful, and miserable, and and unkind, and all the things that we can sometimes be in our immaturity. But it's the body that Jesus puts us in to learn how to grow beyond those things. You can't be that way and truly be a functioning part of a team or a body. So we learn to be gracious as we We learn to have love bigger than our preference or our opinions. And we learn that the goal is more important than what I want. And so rather than take our ball and go home, let's lean in and be willing to do our part to be part of the team the body, and learn and grow and mature together as we become one. I'll invite the worship team to come back up as we pop up this this last question. Let's stand. Let's get Oscar out of here. Thanks for your help, buddy. How can I change and grow and serve so that we can all grow up together? I think that's an important question to ask today. How can I change and so that we can all grow up together. Pray for us today. As I do, I just want for a moment. Just say, I'm not sure that you know how spectacular you are. How much Jesus delights in you today and every day. so much that he has put on the inside of you that you bring 
a glory and a goodness and a beauty and a majesty to this world that matters. Matters. And he didn't put it in you to hide it away. But he wants you to be a part of what he's doing. Not because he wants to put demands on you, not because he wants you to feel some heavy burden. In fact, it's just the opposite. He wants to see the delight in your eyes when you see something coming out of you that you never expected. And you see someone else's life being impacted because you said something, you smiled at them, you served them in some way, you encouraged them, you did something to image Jesus to them. He so delights to watch that happen because that's what this is all about. You, each one of you, is precious to him this morning. And this body, this family, is so precious to him. Evangel Bathurst. Our name means good news. You are the good news to this city. Amen? So God, I thank you today for your love toward us, your faithfulness, your kindness. I thank you for the ways that you are working in our lives. And that, God, you are working on us even as you are working through us. God, I pray that each one of us would be willing to ask that big question. What can I change and how can I serve? so that we can all grow up together. Come move in our hearts. Come have your way. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. We're going to open the altars at this time for anyone who would like to come and wait upon the Lord. It is exciting to know that God has ministries for us to do. For every season. Doesn't matter how young or old we may be, God has something that He wants to do through us. So the altar is open to you. If you today need a miracle, maybe a healing, Jesus is here to bring healing into your life. We have members of the breakthrough team who are here to minister to you, to pray for you. We also like to remind you that our missionaries are available to you today to talk to you.
if you'd like to talk to them. But we're just going to open things up, to open the altar for you to come. And if you'd like to fellowship, we would just ask you to do so in the uh, foyer. Blessings on you today. Break down the walls of all my religion, your way. 